there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Boys, it's Jeremy W. Miller. Neil the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six oh. assists. From oh, oh, oh the chicken! Double time! Miles Turner! Yeah! Welcome to the NBA, my friend! Turner sets the screen. Oh, Whoa. oh, oh no! Oh, no. Right Don't let him throw it down like that! Victor on the deep phone! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Born Ready 2 Pod podcast. Today is a special edition episode. It's our annual NBA preview episode. We're going to go through all of our predictions uh, for the season um, and kind of just go from there. So uh, going from the Eastern Western Conference standings, all the way to NBA awards, and then we're going to go through our uh, prediction for champions. So I haven't looked back on years past for our predictions to keep track, but I can only imagine how bad we've done in the past. Um, I think I had Joel Embiid as my MVP last year, so uh, that shows how much uh, I'm good at these things. So you guys feeling confident in your picks this season? I'm always confident in my picks. I usually have the Pacers going way too far, and that never pans out for me, but... Other than that, I think I'm seeing the league clearly this year after the bubble, so I'm ready to go. How about you, Jake Light? You going to add to the the conversation here, or are you just going to show up late to the conversation like you did to the recording? Well, the funny thing was we said 5:45, and I was there. I was ready to go, and then I get a text from the producer and uh, it said, host. It was supposed and to say said, five. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well. One of us texted to the message, "Hey, gonna be six, gonna be there in six. So it was not me. I was ready to go. But anyways, um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, these picks are gonna suck. I mean, we're gonna look back at this and and we're gonna think, what the hell were we thinking? Like Joe Embiid last year. Um, I'm sure I probably had a worse pick than that. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because you know no one's gonna hold us to it. We're just gonna give our hot takes, and then people can get mad, comment." I just see how it goes. So I'm I'm pumped, ready to go. I spent a lot of time on this, at least 10, 15 minutes. So I'm ready just to spew my thoughts. All right. So we're going to make this a little easier for the East and West Conference. We'll start with the standings predictions here first. So I want your one through four seeds to start off. So everybody will go through. We'll list our one through four seeds. And then uh, we'll list the second half after we went through the first round. So we'll start in the East. And I'll start. Um... And I've t- I've typed up this little cheat sheet for you guys, so there's no reason that you guys should get any players wrong or players that were added or lost from teams. You have a nice little cheat sheet to help you uh, hear throughout our conversation. But uh, anyway, starting here in the East, my number one seed for this year, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. 
Um, that's not going too far out of limb there. They've won the East the last two seasons. Um, I feel like, you know, they've, I mean, they got Drew Holiday. They're a really good regular season team. Um, and they have, you know, the best player in the Eastern Conference. So I think that's an easy pick there. Um, finishing at number two, I have the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I know that, you know, they might take some games off and they have two guys that are coming off some major injuries, but, uh, I feel like they're going to have a pretty good regular season this year. They have two top 15 players. Um, and I think people are kind of forgetting how good Kevin Durant is because he's been out for a season. So, uh, this will be his first year playing in the East and I think they're going to do pretty well. So that's why I have him finishing number two. Uh, number three, I have the Boston Celtics. Um, I think they kind of took a step back this year. Um, they lost Gordon Hayward, which people say isn't that big of a deal, but uh, definitely lost some depth. Their biggest additions were Jeff Teague and Tristan Thompson, um, and then they added a couple rookies. So I don't think they got drastically better. Um, also, Kimba's going to be missing some games to start off the year, but they're very well coached. They always seem to uh, be a pretty good regular season team, so that's why I have them in the, at the three seed. Um, and then finishing fourth, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, once again, I, I don't think they made any drastic moves, but getting Doc Rivers as head coach, I mean, obviously he's had his issues, but he's a significant upgrade over Brett Brown, in my opinion. Um, and then they've also did a good job, I think, of adding shooters to the team, surrounding Ben Simmons with guys like Seth Curry and Danny Green. Uh, not something they really had last season. Um, and then their bench is pretty solid this year. So I think they'll probably be in the upper half of that Eastern Conference. I uh, like what the Sixers did this offseason, um, and some people have them higher or lower than that. But um, let's go on. I'm going to move on. Let's get Hawks top four here. All right, yeah, I got the Bucks number one in the East. Um, not only did they add Drew Holiday, but I think DJ Augustine's a good you know backup point guard for that system. So... Their bench is still a little bit of a question mark if they want to advance anywhere, but I think their starting rotation and what they what their coach, Budenholzer, does, I think the East should be theirs, uh, no question in my opinion. Second up, I got the Heat. I think they rise you know, to the season this year. They they win more games just going off what they did in the bubble. That Those young players getting all that confidence, making it all the way to the finals. I think they're going to be a tough out and just another year better, and you know they're obviously coached well. And three, I got the Celtics. I think Stevens, you know, he's the favorite to win Coach of the Year from what I saw earlier. So I think he's going to get the most out of those young guys he has. And a couple of rookies on that team that, you know, that aren't as sexy as rookies in the year past. But I do like Peyton Pritchard. So maybe he gets some win. It's Robert and Grant Williams. They're going to be they're going to be a, a beast defensively. So I think that'll keep him in the top three, even though they lost Hayward. And then my four is Nets. I agree with you. You know, they should be good. They have Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, obviously. You know, this should be a powerhouse of the East. I think maybe they struggle in spurts this year. Just, you know, tension's high, expectation's high. Maybe they don't get off to the fastest start. All kinds of – it just depends on how Kevin Durant really is, you know, because I think Irving can still produce on a night-in, night-out basis. So those are my four teams in the top four in the East. I love it. Um, so, like you guys, I'm going to go, obviously, with the Milwaukee Bucks, number one. They have the best player, uh, the best regular season player, I should say. Um, they surround him with more shooters. Um, I, I I think what it comes down to at Drew Holiday is is just a, a much better version of Eric Bledsoe. 
um, in a, by a much better version, I mean a, it's a substantial amount. Um, and I and I think that he's going to do wonders because he doesn't need the ball in his hands to be effective. He can he can change the game defensively, and he can change the game by by getting some of those open threes that Bledsoe's not necessarily known for. Um, and it's what Gian, Giannis creates. So um, and Dante Divincenzo, I've I've watched a couple of preseason games like here and there, uh, picking up some picking up some uh, just some glimpses of him. I think he's just much better. I do have questions about their bench. Um, I, I did, I did, did think the Bobby Portis looked good. He started, I think, a couple nights ago. Um, he's all, Bobby Portis is like that guy that I always think is going to be good, and he, he never is. But I just think the Bucks are too tough. That starting lineup's tough. Great coach and Budenholzer. Great team chemistry, and uh, I, I look for them to be the number one seed. My number two is going to be the Boston Celtics. Um, I really think that. Uh, once Kimba gets healthy and um, once uh, Peyton Pritchard, I love Peyton Pritchard. I love watching him. I think he's already, you know, he's going to take minutes away from Romeo and probably um, kind of negate anything that Carson Edwards could have given you because I, I just think he's that good. Um, they picked up Jeff Teague, picked up Tristan Thompson. Their big thing is rebounding. Uh, Tristan Thompson just eats rebounds for breakfast. Uh, Robert Williams is another guy who's coming along pretty well. Robert Williams was one of those guys that I kind of wanted the Pacers to go after a couple of years ago in the draft and never got there. So uh, I look for Jason Tatum to make uh, make a big step up. I think that he's uh, he's a, he's a player that could go to that next level, maybe a top ten player. But he's also one of those guys that um, if he doesn't progress, he just kind of is what he is. He has no more room for growth. So he's got to develop a jump shot off the dribble a little bit better. And he's just got to he's got to get a little more physical. But um, my number three team is going to be the Miami Heat, and here's why: um, I just think the Heat. I mean, that division is that division's terrible. Like we might be able to get the YMCA boys together and beat the Magic, Hornets, Wizards, and Hawks. I mean, I think the Heat have that team chemistry. I think that they have probably the best coach in the Eastern Conference and Spolstra. And, uh, you know, guys like Andre Guadala, now they're going to have their legs underneath them. Um, and uh, Kendrick, no, that's, that was the weirdest thing last year. They just stopped playing him. I mean, he, they have depth. And Avery Bradley and Mo Harkless, like, those are good bench guys. And, and I just think that they, uh, that they can make some noise, especially in that division, my God. And then my number four team is going to be the Philadelphia 76ers. And I think the Sixers are just going to be better than Brooklyn because Brooklyn isn't going to really be worried about the regular season. Um, they know what they have to do in the playoffs. Um, they've been there before. Kyrie and Durant both won titles. They know that um, it, it's not super important to get a lot of regular season wins. Uh, the 76ers, um, obviously Embiid. If Embiid goes down, it's over. But uh, Chris mentioned the Seth Curry, Danny Green, Tobias Harris, um, and then their bench is just so much better than it's been in years past. And Doc Rivers is, is still a solid coach. He's a whiner. He's a crier. But he's been there before. And I really like Shake Milton. He's one of those guys that I think's developed quite a bit since coming into the league. So my top four, Bucks, Celtics, Miami Heat, and the Philadelphia 76ers. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect with many teams starting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. 
BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so now for the final four uh, for both of our standings. Just to recap, my top four, Bucks, Nets, Celtics, Sixers. My number five seed, I'm going with the Miami Heat. Um, I still, you know, obviously I think they're more built for, for the playoffs than they are for the regular season, as you could tell from last year. The thing I, I didn't like, and obviously I understand what they were doing because they're trying to have as much cap room as possible next season. But they gave Myers Leonard like a two-year deal. I don't think the second year is guaranteed, so they re-signed him. And they let Jay Crowder go to the uh, to the Phoenix Suns. So he was a really good fit on that Miami team. Um, he did some really good things for them in the playoffs defensively, and, you know, he made a lot of big shots for him. So I think that's, you know, a pretty big loss for them just because I feel like he fit so well on that roster. They did bring in Avery Bradley and Mo Harkless, but uh, – I thought Jay Crowder was a really good fit for that team. And just because I have him at the five seed, I still think, you know, they have a really decent chance of going deep into the playoffs. Um, and like I said, I, I think they're aiming more for next year as the year that, you know, they get another big name in there. Uh, number six, I have the Pacers finishing there. Um, the only big reason I have this is just because, you know, no major roster turnover. Obviously, new coach, new system, but. I think they're going to come out of the gate and uh, they're not really going to have to develop much team chemistry because um, this is the same team from last year. And obviously a lot of these guys didn't play much together last year. Um, They were in the locker room together for an entire year. So I think that's going to play a big part. Um, The Pacers biggest thing is they have depth, Um, you know, in case of injuries or they have a lot of guys to go to a big rotation a lot of people forget Jeremy Lamb, kind of that six-man role. He's coming back, um, and so I, I think the Pacers have a lot of depth, and, and I see him as a solid six seed there. Uh, number seven, I have the Toronto Raptors. Um, I have them finishing seventh. Um, you know, they still have a pretty decent roster. Uh, they lost Mark Gasol and Serge Ibaka, you know. Uh, Serge Ibaka, a pretty big hit for them. Mark Gasol obviously getting a lot older, but still he was a solid uh, starting center for them. Um, and they have Nick Nurse's coach. So they could obviously, you know, I could see him finishing third, but, you know, when it's all said and done, I, I think that they finish, you know, in that bottom half of the conference. Um, and then number eight, I have the Washington Wizards. Um, I like Washington over Atlanta, who is my nine seed, so I'm projecting a playoff uh, matchup there between the two, just because I like that combination of Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. Um, obviously, you know, Westbrook's a lot older and, and, you know, past his prime, but he still puts up good numbers. Bradley Beal, obviously in the middle of his prime. Uh, they brought in, uh, Denny of Avdija, I believe, uh, that rookie in the top 10 pick, uh, Davis Bertans, they have Thomas Bryant. So, Decent amount of depth there. They're not. They're not going to, you know, win a playoff series. I don't think. But I think that they sneak into the playoffs over the Hawks. I really do like what the Hawks did. I still think they're very young, um, but they got some solid veterans to surround with that young core. So I, I still think they're about another year away. But I really like what they did this off season. So Hawk, what about you? All right, five seed. I got the Pacers. I think 
they always exceed our expectations a little bit. It seems like when we're being honest at the beginning of the year, and I think fully healthy, you know, they lost uh, Goga today. I saw for a few weeks, which isn't a huge loss, but you know, as a team with two centers, he's kind of an insurance guy getting some of those matchups that you want to exploit. So that might be a loss down the road, but hoping from a big year for my boy Sumner off the bench a little bit. And it's going to be, it's going to be interesting and exciting to see this new offense where apparently we're going to shoot more threes. So we're I'm sure we're going to talk agnosium about the Pacers. So then number six, I got the 76ers, you know, this is a team that they'll probably finish higher than six. Like now that I'm looking at it, it's just, I'm never really high on them. It seems like their team chemistry at the end of last year was fading fast and, I don't know if Doc Rivers is that guy anymore. I mean, he he won a championship with the big three in Boston, obviously, and he's a well-respected, pretty decent coach. But I don't know if in today's NBA that can change the, the dynamic between some of those guys in that locker room. So we'll see. And then number seven, I same as you. Uh, I'd like to correct you, though. It's the Tampa Bay Raptors this season. <laughs> Whoops. So I, I got the Tampa Bay Raptors at the seven spot. They obviously – they got an all-star caliber player in Siakam and Lowry, and, you know, they just got depth and good coaching. I think they're going to be in there um, from the beginning. And then next up, I got the Wizards. Uh, for some of the reasons you mentioned, I think they're going to be a better team. I think Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal alone should be able to get you into that conversation and uh, in the end of the East. And then I don't know the playoff situation is it seven eight nine ten or is it just eight nine for that last playoffs spot this year um you guys go over uh go over your next one i'll look that rule up i i think it, i thought it was eight or nine but i do think i remember there might have been some mention about the seventh seed as well so what i read earlier and i don't know if this is right because i just glanced over it because I, I didn't even remember this is a thing that's happening but i think the seven eight nine ten play and the yes. winner of that first game automatically gets in the playoffs, and the second game it's determined for seeding who plays the one seed. If I remember correctly, yeah, but... yeah, you're correct. So it's it's seven through ten. That's correct. All right, but so the Hawks I got as my eighth, and then I got the Wizards and Magic sitting at nine, ten, I believe. Five, six, no, Wizards and Magic sitting at eight, nine. So I don't have it ten, but that's kind of how I see it it's shaping up, and it's probably not even going to be close. So there you go. Okay. Um... <clears throat> We are semi-similar, all of us. I mean, I think we we have a pretty good grasp of who's going to make it. Um, my number five team is the Brooklyn Nets. Again, I think there's going to be maybe 10 to 12 games this year where the Nets aren't even really trying to win. Um, I Obviously, I, th- I think they're better than the fifth best team in this conference. But like I said, I don't think they're really going to care at all. Um, I think you guys have broken down. Obviously, if you have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, um, you're solid. I like Jarrett Allen on that team as well. I think that um, I think that he could grow into a very solid um, a rim protector as well as a scorer when given the opportunity. I've always liked Karis LeVert and Torian Prince. Um, and Spencer Dinwiddie coming off the bench is, is pretty sweet. Biggest question mark there is Steve Nash. What's important to him? Is he going to have any say in this team? Kyrie's already said we don't even need a coach. So that, that should be interesting. Um <laughs> My number six team, a team I'm higher on, I, I guess, than you guys, the Washington Wizards. Um, and here's why. Here's why I have them higher than you guys. Um, Russell Westbrook, everything that I've heard about Russell Westbrook um, has just made me respect him a lot more. 
um, after all this debacle with with the Houston Rockets, where um, James Harden just doesn't care, shows up late. Russell Russell Westbrook's trying to get the team going in the right direction, saying, "Hey, just leave him." Um, he's a leader, and uh, right, wrong, or indifferent, I think that's what the Washington Wizards need. Um, him and Bradley Beal, um, one of the better one-two punches in the Eastern Conference, in my opinion. Um, Thomas Bryant came along very well towards the end of last year. Uh, Rui Hakimura, um, a guy that I was really high on when he was in Gonzaga. Um, he had a couple games last year where he looked really good. His second year, I'm, I'm really looking for him to shine. And then I, I'm just in love. If, if the Pacers would have had a high pick, I would have wanted them to take Denny Abdia. And I, I just think his game's going to translate really well. I could look like an idiot, but I think he's going to be an absolute stud. Um, I think he's going to come along very well this year. Um, and I just think that they're the, they're, they have an opportunity to get to the finals. And obviously, um, don't want to spoil anything, but a couple of you guys do too. So, um, that's my number six team. My number seven team will be the Indiana Pacers. Um, the reason I have them dropping slightly is because I really, I really like watching them play. I think that they're playing the way, we need to play in the modern NBA. My issue now is is that we just don't we just don't have the personnel to play like that effectively for long periods of time. Um, but I am pretty happy overall with with the movement towards the modern NBA. We just need to restructure the team. Uh, dropping dropping to to the seven seed would uh, it basically just reflects that we're going to be taking a lot more threes, a lot more driving, and we're just not built for it. And so. I think seven is a good spot for us. I think we, we'll have trouble against teams like Washington with the guard play. And if we're going to try to play faster, that plays right into a couple of these teams right above us. That That's playing right into their hands. So, um, And then my number eight team would be the Toronto Raptors. I just think the loss of Marcus Gasol, a leader in the middle, and Serge Ibaka, it's going to be tough to replace that rebounding. And, and the, um, the personnel they brought in um, – it's just not even not even close to the same. Like it's not, it's just not on the same planet. I mean, you bring in Alex Lynn. He's not Marcus Saul. You know, even though Marcus Saul is older than hell, I mean, he still makes plays with the basketball in his hand. And uh, I just don't really see it with the Raptors. I like the Atlanta Hawks at nine, just like you guys do. Trey Young, budding star in the league, can't play defense, but Clint Capella. Um, he's another guy that I think we've all been pretty high on at one point or another. And then uh, guys like Cam Reddish, who I really think could flourish, and DeAndre Hunter, they just need to keep coming to their own. Rondo off the bench, obviously the key acquisition as well as Gallinari. And then if I had to pick a 10, I would say a team – I don't – I don't. I know I always fall for this stupid bullshit, but I like the Chicago Bulls just because I think Billy Donovan's a good coach. Um, they they lost Chris Dunn, big whoopty freaking deal. But Laurie Markinen healthy, Kendall uh, sorry Wendell Carter healthy. Wendell Carter was a guy I picked for Rookie of the Year a couple years ago. Uh, Zach Levine, he's uh, I mean he's a scorer. Otto Porter might be one of the worst contracts in the league, but Kobe White is something. He was a guy I wanted in our uh, dynasty fantasy basketball league, but Hawk astutely throws him out early and gets him at a good price. Uh, Thad Young, Patrick Williams is a guy that, that could be a good rookie as well. So that would be my uh, five through ten. So I, I have the Nets, 
the Washington Wizards, the Pacers, the Raptors, the Hawks, and the Bulls. Yeah, and I completely slipped on up on that 10 seed. I forgot they updated that, so it's a good thing Hawk reminded me. But if I'm picking a 10, I'm just going to go ahead and do it right now here on the spot. I'm going with the Charlotte Hornets as my 10 seed. Um, I think they're a better team than the Orlando Magic, to be honest with you. Um, I like, you know, Gordon Hayward. I think, you know, obviously the injuries are there, but um, they paid up for him. And so they're going to be expecting him to average somewhere between 20, 25 points a year uh, or a game for them this year. Um, and then Devontae Graham, I really like him. Uh, they're at the two guard playing with LaMelo Ball. Um, they got Terry Rozier, who's obviously on a bad contract, but having him, Malik Monk, uh, Miles Bridges as well. And then you got PJ Washington. So I think this team probably could finish, you know, in the top 10 in the East could be available for that playing game sale. I am going with them as my 10 seed. That's a good pick. You're not going to look stupid if that doesn't pan out. (laughs) All right, now moving on to the Western Conference here for our predictions. Staying with the standings, uh, we're going to do 1 through 10 here in the conference. Um, So we'll do it same as we did with the East. We'll each go through our top four. Um, This was a hard... Obviously, a lot of the West is deep. Um, there's a lot of good teams, a lot of better teams uh, out West than there are in the East, like there usually is each season. So this was hard to put together. There were some teams that I felt like I left off that you know could make the playoffs, could make a run. Um, there's some teams I rank lower that I feel like could be you know that are top easily top four or five seed. I, f- I feel like you know they could finish. So uh, number one seed this year in the West, I'm going with the Clippers. Um, I think they're going to be more of a regular season team this year. I feel like I feel like I see them finishing ahead of the Lakers um, because I feel like the Lakers are not going to put as much emphasis into the regular season as they did last year. The Lakers, I feel like, are the better team, but I I feel like the Clippers. Um, I feel like they're going to put more emphasis into you know getting that number one seed um, out West this year, just simply because of the way they got bounced from the playoffs last year. there in the second round, losing that three, one lead to the nuggets. Um, and if you look who they added, I, I feel like, you know, they, they did lose Montrez Harrell, which, you know, the six reigning six man of the year, obviously a big loss there. Uh, Jamichael green and Landry Shamit, they, uh, traded him away. Um, but I do like, uh, I do like what they did on the bench. Um, adding Serge Ibaka, Luke Kennard and Nicholas Batum, uh, they brought him in from uh, the Hornets. So I think their bench has improved. And then obviously you can't forget about Lou Williams as well. So um, I like what they did there. So I have them at the number one seed out West. Uh, number two, I have the Denver Nuggets. Uh, not much, you know, roster turnover there. Pretty much the same team. Uh, they brought in Jamichael Green from the Clippers. RJ Hampton, they drafted him. So uh, not much has changed there, but I see Michael Porter taking another jump this season. So I have them at the number two seed. Uh, number three, I have the Lakers. Obviously, I, I do think they're the best team in the West, but I, I think you know playing deep into the playoffs last year, I can see LeBron and Anthony Davis taking more games off or faking injuries this year. Um, so that's why I have them finishing at the three spot. I don't think they're going to take the regular season as seriously, but they obviously obviously had one of the best off seasons. They brought in Wes Matthews, uh, Mark Gasol, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, and then Dennis Schroeder and Montrez Harrell. So their bench has improved significantly, uh, and they're the reigning NBA champs, so I got them at three. Um, and then at number four, I have the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I'll mention this later in our awards, but I think, you know, Luka makes that 
extra jump this season. Um, he was really good last year. Um, I think he's going to be extremely good this year. Um, and I think he's going to catapult them into that upper, those upper seeds in the Western Conference. Um, just because, you know, he's easily a top five player in the, in the, in the league right now. Uh, adding Josh Richardson from the Sixers, I feel like was an upgrade over Seth Curry. Um, and, uh, you know, pretty much not much roster turnover. Um, but I do like what they did. I do like, uh, what they did bringing in Richardson. And like I said, I think, you know, Luca takes that extra step and, and kind of has a, you know, Giannis like season from a couple years ago where he just completely dominates the regular season. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. For, for me, number one, I'm going to go Nuggets. Uh, you know, I think they just have the horses and defensively, especially to carry them through the regular season, number one seed, similar to years past. Whereas, you know, maybe the Clippers or Lakers will take games off. It doesn't feel as much like the Nuggets are willing to do that, just the way they play and the way they're coached. And they didn't really lose, you know, too much. I mean, they lost Mason Plumley, which and Jeremy Grant, which are probably their two biggest in my eyes, but. You know, if Bull Bull step makes another step and Will Barton stays healthy, I think they're they can get that number one spot. Number two, I got the Lakers. Um, I think some of their key additions are going to be why I think they maintain two. You didn't mention a guy I like named Taylor Horton Tucker. Yeah. You know, he had a good playoff game last year, and this year he's kind of the preseason darling as maybe Kuzma, Daniel House, Corkman, some of these guys that have been preseason darlings don't always pan out, but. I think Taylor Horton Tucker, he's got the body and he can shoot a little bit. So that's another piece they had. And then Marcus Gasol is as veteran as they come. You know, I think that's an upgrade. And obviously, Harold and Schroeder. So I, I think this team, even if they take some games off, they'll be able to win some of those games. And then three, I got the Clippers. We obviously know who they have. They have Satan and uh, Satan <laughs> 2 on their team. And, you know, they're led by some other good guys and, that we all know, obviously. Nick Batum, an addition, a guy on Charlotte who forever – and before that, the Trailblazers, I thought it was just going to be, you know, the French God. And he's, he's decent. I don't know how much he's going to help them, but three seems fair to me because Ty Lue is going to let them do whatever they want, in my opinion. And I know Ty Lue can coach a guy like LeBron James, but LeBron James isn't Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. So I'm not quite sure that's going to work the way some people think, but, you know, we will see. And number four, I got the Jazz. I think the Jazz are still, you know, as solid as they come. You know, they're, they're starting lineups as good as it comes. And, you know, I think Jordan Clarkson, not to to ruin later, he's my pick for sixth man of the year. So that's my top four, and uh, I'll let Jay go from here. Okay, sorry, I muted myself because my dog's an idiot. I've, I've been listening. Hawk, interesting interesting stuff there. Uh, I think the most interesting part about the, the Western Conference is there are so many teams, and every year it's it's – a game here, maybe you're two games away from being the two seed, but you're the seven seed and shit like that. I think it's really cool. Um, so I, I feel like the Western Conference is even more wide open this year than than ever before. But my number one seed, I'm going to go along with uh, along the same lines as Chris. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Clippers. I just think they're going to have a lot to prove. Uh, new coach, um, you, you know, Paul George, uh, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, you can't just not play anymore. Like you, you got to prove something, prove your worth. Um, and so I think the Clippers will, will be in more regular season mode than, than ever before. I think they have a very talented roster. I think they have the ability, like cook said, they, they are probably built better for the regular season than the postseason, which, which will be a problem when we, when we talk about our final Western conference finals, um, 
predictions. But number two, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to slot in the Los Angeles Lakers. Again, I mean, even if LeBron were to get hurt, Anthony Davis can carry the team. If Anthony Davis gets hurt, LeBron can carry the team. I just feel like that's a safe a safe spot for them. Number two, I don't think they're really going to give a shit if they're two or seven or eight or three. They're just going to, they're going to do their own thing this year. Um, there might be a little bit of a fallback after winning the fake championship last year, but uh, the Los Angeles Lakers probably have the most talent and more talent than anybody else in the NBA. So I'll stick uh, to number two with them. Number three, um, this is where I'm going to start getting a little dicey. I love the Portland Trailblazers. I love me the Portland Trailblazers. Um, I Damian Lillard might be my favorite. I mean, not might be. He's he's my favorite player, not on on the Pacers. I just I wish uh, the Pacers had a guy like him that could just take over. Um, he, his game has just been so refined. If you know stats wise, he's been about the same, but he gets his points differently now. Getting others involved willing to pass up maybe a tough shot for his teammates. I really, 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 really like the Trailblazers this year. They made a couple of very nice moves. Um, when, whenever you can go and grab a guy, um, <clears throat> sorry, a guy like Robert Covington, I mean, he is perfect for today's NBA. He's a 3 and D guy, one of the best. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic, I think he, a full year of him, going to be outstanding. He, he's grown so much since he was younger. Uh, very good rebounder, and he's tough. He's way more athletic than I thought for a big, goofy white guy watching him last year. Zach Collins is another very athletic big coming off the bench, and, and Gary Trent is a stud. I know last year we got lit up by him, and we kind of made made fun of it because it was Gary Trent Jr., but, man, he's got a jump shot. He can play. Uh, Rodney Hood off the dribble. I love Rodney Hood. You guys know that. And Cantor is a, is a great addition off the bench as well. So they can go big. They can go small. They can do about anything you want. Um, and I, I just really like Terry Stotts. So they're going to be my number three team. And then number four, I'm going to go ahead and put the Denver Nuggets. Um, obviously, they've been one of the best you know, couple teams in the West over the last couple of years in terms of playoff seeding. They're good again. Um, nothing special here. I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to grow. And if he grows to his potential, I'm going to look like a real idiot because they could easily be the number one overall seed. Um, but Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, uh, Will Barton, Monte Morris. I mean, these guys are players. And I really like R.J. Hampton, a rookie uh, who played overseas last year. He's he's just super-duper athletic. Um, I don't like that they lost Torrey Craig and Jer- Jeremy Grant, but it is what it is. Um, but I think Jamal Murray and uh, Jokic are just so good off the pick and roll. Jokic is obviously one of the best players in the league. He, I mean, he is that fat guy at the YMCA that you can't stop. But he's doing it in the NBA. It's super impressive. And I know I already mentioned, but Michael Porter Jr. has the potential to just be to just be a superstar, or he could just be like I don't, like Andrew Wiggins, like a guy that just takes a lot of shots. He's got to develop this year. It's a big year for him. So my top four: Clippers, Lakers, Trailblazers, Nuggets. Ho ho ho, fellas! Naughty or nice, tis the season to perform. Now's the time to get those long nose ear hairs and just completely grooming yourself tis the season for that you're in luck because the manscape performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle and makes for the perfect gift imagine opening an attractive box that says your balls will thank you with the most sought-after gadgets and scents a person can find 
Included in the new in the new package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual blade. Look guys, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. Why not use the best tools for the job here? The bundle also includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. The dads, including myself here, we just can't stop talking about this. The teens are secretly buying these and the women will love you for it. Tis the season to go to Manscape for yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends. The best gift of all, the Manscaped Performance Package. Let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the Performance Package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. The Performance Package is the best value that Manscaped has to offer and is hot off the shelves. Get 20% off and free shipping with code armchair at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for making our holes look sexy. Once again, get 20% off free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds and make Santa proud. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect, with many teams starting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, moving on here to the bottom half of the West. Um, I'll go ahead and keep it going. Uh, I got the Portland Trailblazers pretty much for the reasons you said. I'm not going to hit on all those points again, but I like the addition of Covington uh, there in that starting five. I think it makes him a solid team. Uh, last year, I think, was kind of a fluke. They had a lot of injuries. Uh, looks like they're going to be fully healthy going into this season. So I like them finishing top top five this year, uh, build, building off that momentum that they got in the bubble to uh, make it into the playoffs. At number six, I have the Utah Jazz. Uh, just a team that, you know, pretty much no roster turnover. So this team was solid last year. Uh, in the bubble, they lost uh, Bojan Bogdanovich. Uh, he went down with injuries, so didn't play. Um, so they were a little bit undermanned there, uh, but they still have a. I mean, they have a solid starting five, same starting five unit that they had last year. Uh, Jordan Clarkson off the bench, along with Derek Favors, um, they brought him back from uh, the Pelicans. So I like them finishing there at number six, um, and then at number seven I have the Golden State Warriors. Um, I know they lost Clay Thompson, but they still have you know a pretty decent roster. The biggest thing I don't like, you know, obviously is their bench. Not a lot of firepower there, but that starting five is still pretty decent. They have Steph Curry. We'll see what he can do this year after missing last season. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Kelly Oubre Jr., they brought him in. Um, and then bringing in James Wiseman, uh, top uh, second pick overall. And Draymond Green there's the post guy. So um, it's a solid starting five. I think Steph Curry's going to have to have, you know, a really good year. Uh, to get them into the playoffs, but 
Um, obviously, he's a two-time MVP, so he's fully capable of doing that. So that's why I got him there at number seven. And then at number eight, um, reluctantly, I have it down as the Houston Rockets. Um, this was a tough one for me. I didn't know if I was going to let them sneak in. Uh, but I do think they make the playoffs. Um, obviously, uh, you know, a, a lot of shit's going down there. Um, they're not really sure how things are going to play out this year. But, I mean, if James Harden does play, he's, you know, obviously one of the best players in the league. So um, I, I think that's good enough for them to, you know, sneak into the playoffs at least. Um, traded Russell Westbrook for John Wall. Who knows how that's going to play out? Wall's played like in 70 games in the last three seasons, so injuries obviously are a concern there. Um, but they brought uh, brought in Christian Wood from the Pistons. He's a solid pickup. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, you know, obviously injury history there as well. So uh, if they can stay healthy, definitely I think this is a playoff team. But just having James Harden alone, I think, puts them in, catapults them into the eighth seed, and they get swept in the first round by the Clippers. Um and then at number nine, I got the Phoenix Suns. Uh, you know, Chris Paul, um, bringing in him, I think they're going to be solid. I don't think I'm not going to overrate them like a lot of people do. I don't think they're a top four team or top five team in the West, but they're going to be decent. They're going to be a tough team to play. Uh, definitely going to have them in the play-in. Um, and then at number ten, I got the Memphis Grizzlies, um, bringing back the same roster. John Morant's going to take another jump this year. I still don't think it's going to be enough to get them into the playoffs, but uh, I think they're going to be a top 10 team out West. All right. I like that for me. Number five, I'm going with the trailblazers. You know, this is a team in my opinion that could win it all under the right circumstances, especially with Covington and a full year of Nurkic. I mean, they would be the underdog for sure, but in the right circumstances, I think Lillard and McCollum can get that hot. And a guy like Gary Trent jr. Playing well off the bench. And a guy I've always liked Zach Collins, who never seems to quite pan out. I think they could be a real threat and could secure up that 4-5 matchup. And then I got the Mavericks a little lower than maybe you guys have them, and obviously they have Luka Doncic. But, you know, other than Kristaps, and he just can't seem to put a full season together, I don't know if they have the horses to, to be any higher than that. It'll be interesting to see because I think Luka this year is the favorite for MVP, according to Vegas. So if he goes off and, you know, every night consistently scoring 30, 35 points, you know, they could be higher than the sixth seed. But that's just my prediction. Seven, I got the Suns. A lot of my predictions are kind of going off what I saw in the bubble just because I think it's going to be similar basketball, you know, without the fans, and it won't be a bubble environment. And there for sure will be guys that miss games during this season and cause teams to lose games they shouldn't. But I think the Suns are well coached. You know, they're going to ride that momentum from the bubble, like I said, and I, I think they'll get the seventh seed. Eight, I'm going Pelicans. You know, my boy Zion, they're still very, very young. Uh, I wouldn't even consider them a favorite by any means to win a playoff series. But, you know, I think Zion, the energy alone, you know, will get them there. And and like I said, they got a lot of young players. And if some of those young players pan out and are, you know, all-star-esque, maybe not quite all-star, but well-competent NBA players, I think they're deep and they can be really deep. And then I got the Grizzlies Warriors rounding out. And I don't have the Rockets for, for a number of reasons just because I don't really know what team's going to be put on the floor, but I think the Grizzlies and John Morant, Jaron Jackson, I think they've got a young core there that it's exciting. Warriors, I just don't really believe in them at the moment. We'll see what happens with them, but those are my Western Conference standings. Alrighty. Um, as I sit here pondering, uh, I, I 
didn't hear anything after you mentioned the word Pelicans and playoffs. It really screwed me up. So let me grab my bearings here. Uh, okay, so number five, I have the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Luca, stud, really like Josh Richardson. I mean, this team can play. They're going to be a difficult out in the playoffs. Um, Porzingis, I would just shelve him for a while. Um, he's the most one of the most delicate guys in the NBA. He's, I mean, he, him and Luca on the floor at the same time is dynamic. Um, you just got to keep him healthy. Um, I don't really love their bench, but I think Luca, if he's going to be that MVP that the metrics say that he's going to be able to, to to be this year, I think that he's. I mean, you got to be a top five team. So almost because I think I believe in Luca, I'm going to have him number five. Me number six. This is where it starts getting really hairy because I really don't like any of these teams. I think they're all kind of just horseshit. But uh, Utah Jazz, I mean, they do have some leadership. They just signed Gobert to the big contract. Uh, they pretty much stayed intact, a lot like the Pacers. They're kind of the Pacers out west, really. I mean, you're trying to play – I mean, well, not this year we're not, but kind of playing with older guys. I'm a big Donovan Mitchell fan, the Spider. Um and then uh, hopefully Bogdanovich comes back. Bojan uh, comes back healthy and, and playing well. They have kind of a shitty bench other than Jordan Clarkson, who uh, I believe Hawk astutely said uh, Jordan Clarkson has a chance to be sixth man of the year. Uh, my number seven seed, again, not feeling super confident with this one, but um, I'm going to go ahead. I'll, I'll roll with Steph Curry. Um, I think they actually have a roster that can compete. I have no, no clue what you're getting out of James Wiseman. I'm not going to act like I, I do. Watched him play two games. I think it was two games in college. He's just super athletic. But he's still, like, I just wouldn't draft a big guy that early. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm the idiot. I know they thought they were going to have Clay Thompson, but it sure would look good if they had, like, another guard in there. But Steph Curry, uh, Draymond Green, Wiggins, Kelly Oubre, uh, he, I mean, that's a solid starting lineup. Baysmore is a good player. And Nico Mannion's a guy that really could play in college as well. Steve Kerr, one of the better uh, coaches in the NBA. So I'm going to give them the nod for seven. And then, man, I just hate these teams so much. Eight for me is going to be the Phoenix Suns. Piggybacking off what you guys mentioned, I think um, the addition of Chris Paul veteran leader a guy that's never really won much in his career but good enough for the eighth seed um i think one of the guys that could be uh one of the most approved players in the nba would be devin booker he's got he's got to just be better with the ball in his hands he's a good shooter he catches fire but he has a lot of turnovers takes a lot of forced jump shots and then michael michael bridges is a is a player that i was really high on coming out he's kind of a do everything uh small forward um, Cam Johnson, a really good shooter, and Jalen Smith, a banger in the uh, post as well. So, um, I don't know. Monty Williams, pretty solid guy, uh, uh, eight seed. I'm going to go nine for the Houston Rockets just because they have James Harden. I don't know. Is James Harden going to play? I don't know. I mean, it, it could it could just go in many different directions. You could be left with the uh, throwback Kentucky Wildcats with John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins. Those two guys get hurt all the time. I uh, did like the acquisition of uh, Christian Wood. I have no clue anything about Stephen Silas. It just seems like a hodgepodge of bullshit. So the Houston Rockets will be my nine seed. And then my 10 seed, um, honestly, 
if uh, Brandon Ingram had a sidekick, I'd go with the Pelicans, but he just he can't carry that team all alone. So I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Memphis Grizzlies and Ja Ja Morant, uh, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, and Brandon Clark has surprised me a little bit in preseason. So uh, nothing, no big surprises there. Um, like I said, I think if Brandon Ingram had a sidekick to go with him and Lonzo, a guy that could really bang in the post and and not just settle for jump shots when he could be a tank. I think that the, that could be a spot for the Pelicans, but maybe next year, maybe they can get somebody in the draft. Maybe Jackson Hayes develops. Any uh, rebuttal from you, Hawk, on that statement? <laughs> you no, know, I wasn't paying attention. I knew he was going to give me shit the moment, but I threw it out there, so I kind of just blocked out my ears for just whatever shit he was spewing. I mean, you got to think, Brandon Ingram alone puts him in a category very possibly making the playoffs. Steven Adams is a guy that is an incredible NBA player. I don't know if it's going to work in all of reality. I think that'll probably hurt them, those two on the court together. But like I said, if any of those young guys hit, they have a scary team and with picks and a yeah. young core. So honestly, yeah, honestly, I mean, the Pelicans, they, I mean, I think you'd agree they're boomer bust, right? I mean, they're, they're an injury away from just being terrible. I really like Jackson Hayes. That's why I didn't like the Steven Adams acquisition. I think Jackson Hayes fits a lot better with Zion. Um, but Stephen Adams, man, we were doing that. We were doing that dynasty draft, and I'm like, Stephen Adams has got to be 35 years old the way he plays. He's just like an old curmudgeon out there. He's like 26 right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy. He just looks like he's just like the bouncer that's not going to let you in unless you have a hot girl by your side, you know. So yeah. it is what it is. Uh, Pelicans, I could see them easily making the playoffs. To be honest with you, we'll see. We'll see what Zion can do. I haven't seen him play a full season, honestly, in quite some time. So no one has. Uh, yeah, it, it is what it is. So. There you go, Cookie. All right, well, that's going to wrap that up. Eastern and Western Conference standing predictions. Um, and uh, we're going to go into our NBA awards predictions, predicts our, predict our conference finals, and NBA champions here next. All right, so we're going to start with the awards predictions, and then we're going to end the show with our NBA uh, conference finals and NBA finals predictions. Um, so we got six awards here that we're going to give out. Um Starting with MVP, we're going to end with most improved player. So for the MVP, I'm going with a safe bet this year. Last season I went with Joel Embiid, as I had mentioned earlier. Going with a safe bet, we've talked about him several times. I'm going with the Vegas favorite this year. I'm feeling it. Finishing finishing fourth in the West, um, I think he's going to have a monster season. I think he's going to build off that uh, momentum they had off the first-round series against the Clippers, the big shots he made. Um, I think the MVP is going to be Luka this season. Um, I don't think Giannis is going to win again. And I've mentioned this several times in the past before. The NBA, they'll give you back-to-back awards, but it's very hard to win three in a row. So even if Giannis has a superb season, which I imagine he's going to have, I don't think he's going to get voted as MVP again. I don't think the writers will vote for him. I think he'll be top three, but I think if it comes down to him, Luka, and like LeBron, I see Luka winning that. So I'm going with Luka this year, going with a safe bet, not going a Joel Embiid pick. I think he has a really good season, um, and I'm basing it off my predictions. If they finish top four in the West, I think it's a solid pick. Yeah, I actually have my list from last year just pulled up all of a sudden. I also had Joel Embiid winning MVP, so <laughs> take this with a grain of salt. My MVP pick for this year is Damian Lillard. 
I think Luca rightfully so should be the favorite, but I think Lillard's a guy, in my opinion, that should get an MVP at some point in his career. Jake's looking at me all mischievous. Was that your pick as well, I'm guessing? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think Lillard, it's Lillard's year if they if they exceed expectations at all. And, you know, he's having crazy games like he always seems to do, shooting those 40-foot three-pointers. I think he'll be right up there in the conversation. I think it just comes down to how they finish in the West. Yeah, um, I obviously had Lillard. I mean, I had Portland, I believe, at two, the two-seed. Um or sorry, the three seed in the West. I would have said Damian Lillard MVP, but I'm going to switch it up. I have a backup. Um, I, I I don't love this pick here, but I think if they're going to be, if they're going to get where they need to go, I'm going to go with Jokic. And he's he's a guy that uh, he's never going to wow you, but he does just enough. He do, he does those full court passes. You got to wow people in the NBA. He doesn't really play. He doesn't play in a big city by any means, but I mean, if I'm not going to get Dame Willard, I'm going to go with another guy. You know, it's not going to be Giannis, not going to be fat James Harden. I think Westbrook could get some votes based on where I have them finishing as well. Maybe even Bradley Beal sneaking in there, but I'll, I'll go with Jokic. Um, but he probably won't win it because he's fat and white, but that is, it is what it is. The people, I think you're forgetting about all the weight he lost going into the bubble last year. He was down to like, he lost like 25 pounds over yeah, but, the coronavirus. Yeah, but that but that's the thing though. Like, just because you get skinny, you're still a fat person inside. You know that's what I true. mean? True. Very true. Very true. You, you got. It. I mean, in his mind, he's not running. You know, he's not running a a four eight forty. You know, he's he's still running a high five 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 six forty. That's probably too fast anyway. But yeah, he's still a fat guy in his mind. As a guy who's never been skinny, I agree. <laughs> All right, moving on next to Rookie of the Year. I feel like this is, you know, is kind of like a few years back when Michael Carter-Williams in that terrible draft class, which, I mean, of course, I think it had Giannis, but at that point in time, it was a terrible draft class. Michael Carter-Williams won it. I feel like, you know, this could be that kind of Rookie of the Year season where somebody just unexpected comes in and takes it. Um, I'm going with kind of a safe pick here. I know a lot of people are going to be on the LaMelo Ball bandwagon um, Anthony Edwards, the number one pick. I don't think he gets it. Um, I think you know he's got a he's gonna have a a, a tough season playing against D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. So I think it's gonna be hard for him to put stats up and obviously getting adjusted to the league. So I'm going with Obi Toppin of the Knicks. Um, I think the big market bias is gonna play a factor here. Um, I think he's gonna be an electric player there in the big city. Um, Obviously, they're going to be a terrible team. They're not going to, you know, they're going to be a bottom feeder in the East. But uh, I think he puts up stats this year, probably averages, you know, maybe like 11 points, 8 rebounds or something like that. Um, Has some really awesome dunk highlights, and that just wows people to death. And they just, you know, are like, okay, we're going to put him there as our rookie of the year. Um, Preseason games, he was all right. Um, Best game was he had 11 points and 7 rebounds. One game he shot one of nine for the field. So I feel like it's just going to be the Obi Toppin experience. One day he's going to be really good. The next day he's going to be really bad. So that's my rookie of the year. What do you guys got? This year uh, I'm going with Anthony Edwards. I think what you said about him getting his shots taken away from him with Russell and Towns definitely makes sense. 
But I think if those guys are willing to pass, he's athletic enough. I like what I've seen the preseason from him. He's, had, he's put together a couple decent games, scoring-wise at least. So I think he's going to get some open looks around the rim too if he's willing to cut and be active. So I think 18, maybe 17 points a game wins it for him this year if he can hit that. So, you know, this is a guy that's had number one pick potential for four years now, you know, coming out of high school. People thought this was the best player in the class. Went to Georgia, had a pretty good season, you know, athletic as hell. So I'm just going to go with that because last year I picked Darius Garland and that wasn't even close. So I might as well pick the number one and see if I can get closer. Love Darius Garland. I'm convinced if he – I mean, I'm convinced if he was somewhere else. I mean, that's a shithole in Cleveland. We've been to the – Oh, yeah. It's a shithole franchise. Uh, There's absolutely nothing to be proud about in that particular arena. I mean, they got a great football team, but we'll save that for later. My my rookie of the year, I'm going to stick by the guy that I said if the Pacers had a four uh, top five pick, this is who I'd want them to take. I'm going Denny Avdia um, for the Washington Wizards. The dude can just play. He's got some moxie. He's got the uh, he's got that he's got that wow factor when he plays. That you don't know what he's going to do, uh, but he does have a sweet little jump shot. Um, I think he's the most complete player I've watched in terms of the young guys so far. It's only the preseason, so sometimes it's really hard to tell. He's probably going to end up like Jan Vesely or something, where he never really plays a meaningful minute. I'm going to look like a fucking idiot, but that's okay. Um, but I, I just think, again, I've, I'm much higher on the Wizards than everybody else. I think that he's going to be a player that will work his way. I think he's going to start. I think he's going to start day one. Um, Denny Avdia. Um and I think, I, but if I'm being honest with myself, I feel like if the Flamelo Ball can walk a straight line and smile, he's probably going to win Rookie of the Year because he's got more like Twitter followers than, than like LeBron or some stupid shit because all the kids love him. ESPN is going to be pushing him so hard. I mean, he is going to be jammed down our throats so bad. It's not even going to be funny. So I want Danny Avdia. I think he's the best player in the, uh, one of the best players in the draft. But I'm sure Lamelo is going to get his fair share of love on ESPN, so it's going to be tough to beat him. All right, coming up next, we're going to do two here: six man of the year and defensive player of the year. Uh, this year for six man of the year, I feel like there's a lot of decent candidates. Um, obviously, you have the reigning six man of the year, Montrez Harrell with the Lakers, um, Lou Williams. You got Jordan Clarkson with the Jazz. Um, this year, I'm going with Dennis Schroeder of the Lakers, so staying there with Los Angeles. Um, kind of talking about Montrezl Harrell there, but uh, I feel like he's going to have a really good year off the bench um, for uh, the Lakers, playing in that Rondo role uh, from last year, but obviously a way better score than uh, Rondo is. Um, so I think he's going to have a really good season playing next to LeBron and Anthony Davis, a guy they bring in off the bench that closes games. Um, I think you know, he's obviously the favorite, I think, for this award, but I think it's a really solid pick, um, and I'd probably put good money on him to win it. Uh, next next award, Defensive Player of the Year. Giannis has won it, I believe, the last two seasons. So as I've mentioned on many occasions, that means someone else is going to win it this year, and that's going to go to Anthony Davis. I'm very confident in this pick. 100% he is going to get Defensive Player of the Year this year. Um, people feel like he got snubbed last season, so... Uh, even if he just goes out and plays all the games this year and averages one block a game, I think he's got it. So uh, put all your money on Anthony Davis, Defensive Player of the Year this year. I think that's my best pick. Yeah, those are two great picks. Just to preference this, last year I was two for two on these two awards, picking Giannis and Montrez Harrell. So 
These next two bets take them to the bank. Sixth man of the year, I mentioned earlier, Jordan Clarkson for the Jazz. Just going off bubble ball, I mean, he was a guy that would come in, and no one really – people knew he could shoot, but he just had another worldly, you know, type run in the bubble. So I think he's going to carry that into this year. And if the Jazz exceed expectations, I think he can win that award. Defensive player of the year, I think Anthony Davis rightfully should be the favorite, you know, especially with the media bias. But I'm going to go Ben Simmons. He's a guy that consistently makes the all-NBA team. You know, he's a good defender. He can guard every position. And I think Doc Rivers is a defensive-minded coach. So, you know, if any of those deflection numbers blocks, all that stuff goes up, I, th- I think he could get the award. So those are my two picks. Hawk, we're seeing the league very similarly. It's very like similar. A uh, couple, of, couple of great picks there. Um, for my defensive player of the year, I'm going to go with Ben Simmons. Um, I think, like Hawk mentioned, he can guard every position. Um, and and Doc does bring over a, a sense of defensive prowess, one could say. And um, there's just better opportunities for you to play worse competition in the East. I mean, Anthony Davis could get a hang now. Uh, first game of the year, he's out 15 games. You know, he could tweak his ankle. He's out 40 games. And it's uh, it's just it is what it is. I think I think Chris is he's got the best he's got the best defensive player. So I think he, he made the right choice there. But with him with Davis being so in and out of the lineup, I just think a guy like Ben Simmons or maybe even a guy like Rudy Gobert again, he could be a guy that could sneak up there. And then in terms of Sixth Man of the Year, I mean it's 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 really just it's out there. I'm going to go Spencer Dinwiddie. I think. Um, He's a guy that could control that second unit for the Nets. They're going to be up and down, up and down, up and down really quick. He, I'm kind of scared he might start at different points depending on on Kyrie's availability. But I think Spencer Dinwiddie uh, is a decent guest there for six man of the year. All right, finishing up the awards here. Last two awards, Coach of the Year and Most Improved Player. Then we'll get into our uh, finals predictions. Uh, Coach of the Year, based on my standings predictions <laughs> – um, I went with Ty Lu. I think uh, if he gets the Clippers to the number one seed, uh, I think it's a fair bet. Him in his first year with the Clippers, obviously uh, won a championship with the Cavaliers, so he does have you know a resume behind him. Uh, but I think if he can get the Clippers to that number one seed in the West, I think he's got a really good shot at winning Coach of the Year, and that's my prediction. So that's what I'm getting him for. Um, I also uh, I do like uh, oh. I like uh, Rick Carlisle as well. Uh, if the Mavericks can fi- finish in that upper uh, upper edge of the Western Conference, I like Rick Carlisle in that position. Um, out East, I mean, I don't really think he's Coach of the Year candidate worthy. But if you know Steve Nash can get the Nets, you know, top two seed in the East, I think he's going to be a finalist for that award. So, other than that, uh, I I like those names, but I think Ty Lue, uh is my Coach of the Year. Uh, and then most improved player, um, we were talking about him a little bit earlier about taking that next leap, uh, catapulting this team even further than you know where they've been, and that's Michael Porter Jr. Obviously, the potential is there. We've seen flashes of it. We've seen what he can do. Um, you know, attitude-wise, he's got some things to work on. He says some really dumb stuff sometimes, uh, but on the court, he's as solid as they come. Um, I think, you know, before that draft, he was a projected number one pick and then he ended up falling, you know, to the late lottery just because of the injury issues. But um, obviously, like I said, potential is there. If he can take that next leap, um, I think he's got to be, you know, the overall favorite for this uh, for this award this season. 
Yeah, I'm going to pick Monty Williams, just going off the sun type a little bit. I mean, they didn't lose a game in the bubble. Chris Paul, you know, brings a level of respect there to an extent. I think they can, you know, really, uh, you know, sneak up on teams, so to speak, even though they did go 7-0. They might not be sneaking up on teams, but I think they're going to be the most solid team they've had in a while, and that'll garnish some respect. The betting favorite is Brad Stevens, so that's probably the safe pick in a year that is so uncertain going in, I think. The Celtics will be right up there, and Stevens always gets major credit. But if you're looking for to make some money on a home run, uh, Monty Williams is my pick. Most improved player, I'm going to go with Christian Wood, just because I have no idea where the Rockets are going to be, and I think maybe he could have had some consideration for this award last year, you know. And then maybe this year with Houston, a little bit bigger market, he gets a little more recognition. He's a guy that famously was the first player that ever made the pay the bad players that have good games against the Pacers list, and I had since had to remove him. So out of respect for that list, I, I think he's going to win MIP this year. Hmm. <clears throat> Christian Wood, stud. I think uh, definitely Hawks on the right track with that, especially if DeMarcus Cousins can't get even close to what he was but um, before his injuries and before he kind of went downhill. But um, I'm going to go coach of the year. I'm going to go Terry Stotts. Again, this is a theme with me going with uh, the Trail Blazers. Um, if I if I think they're going to be the three seed, he's done a great job coaching. He's going to have to manage the bench, and um, he's going to have to coach his ass off every game because they don't have a roster that's going to beat you by 15, 20 points a night. They're going to have to play. And so I think Terry Sott's good opportunity to be coach of the year. If I had to pick a team from the Eastern Conference, I actually think a guy like um, – I almost said Steve Offered. Holy shit, that would have been the most embarrassing thing I've ever Scotty done in Brooks. my life. But I actually think a, a team like a Bill or a guy like Billy Donovan, if he could get the Bulls sniffing the playoffs, a team that hadn't been good since since Derrick Rose had two healthy knees and Yoki No was spitting on people and shit. I mean, that that would be something there. So I think Billy Donovan, especially if they if they play, you know, up to their their potential, I think he could be a guy. But um, my most improved player. I try to dig deep on these a little bit. I try to find a guy on a shitty team that's going to that's gonna really bust out. And a guy that I keep going back to, a guy I wanted in our Dynasty Fantasy draft, but uh, just couldn't spend up for him. I like Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I think he's a, I think he's long, he's athletic, he can shoot, he can play. And he's going to, he's going to get, he might get 30 shots a game. I mean, if you look who they have around him, I mean, they are, they are tanking. I mean, you you look at this and you think, damn, Al Horford might be the second best player on that team, and that poor grandpa can't get up and down the court. So, um, I just think that he's going to have an opportunity. And now they cut TJ Leaf. I mean, that's that's even more of an opportunity for Shea. You know, obviously to get more shots up. But I think a, a guy like that um, is going to get a lot of play. He's going to probably average. I think he could average mid twenty, maybe even pushing thirty points a game, just because he's going to get the shots and. Um, going to be interesting but Shea Gilgis Alexander is my pick all right let's get into uh the big predictions here who are uh champions are going to be uh western conference and eastern conference champions and overall NBA champions so um I'll go ahead and start here based on what I had in, in my conference predictions uh, and I hear a dog barking there um I have in the Eastern Conference Finals the Milwaukee Bucks 
finally making it back to the conference finals. I say finally. I think they're two years shy of that. But anyways, should have made it there last year. I have the Milwaukee Bucks facing off against the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I just I think that's the way things shake out. I uh, could see the Celtics, you know, making it back. Um, but I think those are the top two teams in the East. And uh, I think those two make 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 it to the conference finals. And then in the West, I have what many people thought was going to be the conference finals matchup last season. Uh, I have the Clippers and the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, and in, in both of those matchups, I have the Lakers beating the Clippers. And then I have the Brooklyn Nets beating the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, so in the finals, I have Nets and Lakers. I believe that's a, a rematch of the 2002 NBA Finals. Uh, at Nets and Lakers, I have the Lakers repeating as champions. It hurts to say, but they had the best offseason. Uh, they have two of the best players in the league. Um, I just think they're going to repeat. So those are my picks. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Celtics to beat the Bucks to make it from the East just because I think there is a blueprint out there on how to beat Giannis, especially in the playoffs. And I don't know if their additions, you know, they should be a better team overall, but I, you know, you're relying a lot on Giannis in the playoffs. So that's why I'm going to pick the Celtics over them. And then out of the West, I'm just rolling with the Nuggets, man. Just a little long <laughs> shot for you. I think the Clippers and Lakers are the two favorites, but give me the Nuggets. They've been close in years past. Western Conference Finals last year, obviously. I think they have what it takes. And like you guys have mentioned, if Porter Jr. is as good as he can be, as good as he has been at times, especially in the bubble, I, th- I think they're a scary team. And they still got Bull Bull, and everyone loves Bull Bull. So give me the, the Nuggets. You got who you got going in the finals then? You got the Nuggets and who? The Celtics. And give me the Nuggets to win it all. Ooh, I love it. Okay. For me, I'm going to make this super duper quick. I've got Bucks. Versus the Celtics, um, I really, I, I, not a lot of commentary here. Giannis is too good to just keep losing like this, um, and I think Drew Holiday is 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 the perfect uh, Robin to his Batman. And then you got Chris Middleton, who's the perfect uh, Alfred to the Robin. So that's, I mean, see, look what I did there. That was perfect. Um, so I have the Bucks coming out of the East. Uh, I got Lakers, Clippers. What it should have been this year. We're going to get a great series. It's going seven. I'm going to go with the Lakers. So, I got Lakers Bucks in the finals. I got the Lakers repeating. It's what I don't want to happen. Um, but it is what it is. I think the Lakers, as Chris said, best offseason, best roster, two of the best players in the NBA. That's it. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up there our NBA preview uh, for this season. Um, let's go real quick, though. Uh, Pacers play Wednesday night, opening night against the New York Knicks. Uh, real quick preview for that game. Um, we'll be doing our post-game recap after the game. I know uh, probably be sometime, I think, around 9.30 or 10 o'clock when that game finishes, so that's when we'll get that recorded. Uh, Pacers currently 8.5-point favorites Wednesday night against the Knicks, um, so they're a pretty big favorite there at home to start off the season. Uh, the Knicks obviously are terrible, uh, returning a lot of the same guys, same starting projected starting five, Elfried Payton, R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, uh, that bench they got Obi Toppin, Austin Rivers, Nerlens Noel, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, who I think they just released, so scratch him off the list, maybe. I think they might have just released him. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Uh, and Alec Burks, Tom Thibodeau going into his first season as the Knicks head coach. 
Um, I think the Pacers got to cover this game. Uh, I think they got to win this game by double digits. This Knicks roster is bad. I know it's the first game of the year. You're still, you know, the the excitement's there. It's the first game that counts. But my God, if you lose to the Knicks on opening night, it'll just be very depressing. Yeah, I think last year we started off 0 and 3, didn't we? Lost to the yeah. Cavs or something stupid like yep, that. And this lost. is obviously a different coach team, and the Knicks are not good. So, but eight and a half, give me the Knicks with the points there, and I, I bet it grows even to nine, nine and a half by tip-off Wednesday. So I would wait for that. I just think first game they're gonna, you know, make it a little difficult. The Knicks will have something to play for. T- Thibodeau is a pretty good coach. I, I don't know if he's the right fit. But we'll see. So I'll take the points there, but I'm expecting a win. Five, six, seven point win. Yeah, I think we win. Um, I think we, we play well. Um, I think R.J. Barrett's going to be after our ass, though. I think this is the type of game he's going to look good. Um, I also like uh, Julius Randle. Um, I think he's going to present a tough matchup for us. Uh, not Always a good does. matchup for either of the bigs. So is what it is. Um, I think we win. I think we win probably like Hawks. I think it's probably an eight point game. I think Vegas has it right. And that's the way we roll. All right. And uh, I imagine Wednesday night when we record that, um, obviously this episode's gone a little bit too long cause it's our preview show, but, uh, Wednesday night I'll be going over those lines for the Christmas day games. And we can talk about that a little bit more in depth as well. So we'll recap the Pacers game on Wednesday night and then go into some of those lines for Christmas and what we like and don't like. So, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. Appreciate you guys listening. Um, and we'll see you guys later this week for our first recap show coming up on Wednesday. Yep. Enjoy NBA basketball. Peace and love be with you. <laughs>